Folks, welcome back to the podcast. Well, tonight we were given a little bit of uh, a popcorn drama, if you will, a little popcorn drama story drummed up by Elon Musk, and it has to deal with how Twitter suppressed the release of the story about Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, in my view, I'm going to show you a lot of what just came out, and it's probably not as comprehensive as it could be because it just rolled out, but... My whole view is that Elon is sort of using this story about how Twitter suppressed the release of the Hunter Biden laptop to sort of explain why he's now running Twitter on 50 people as opposed to 8,000 people. So it, it sort of gives credence to why he's done what it, why he's done uh, what he's done in terms of uh, you know the sort of slash and burn at Twitter. And I think it sort of exonerates, it's meant to exonerate him to some extent, which, you know, whatever, Elon. Um, but here's the story. So this is how it came out uh, this afternoon. There was this article that came out in Newsweek, as, as a lot of other different um, periodicals and, and online all over the place. It basically was just all you could read about this afternoon. And this article from Newsweek is entitled Musk's reveal of Hunter Biden Twitter suppression held up for fact check. The story goes into Musk first tweeted on Friday afternoon that what really happened regarding the platform censorship of the Hunter Biden story would be posted at five. He backtracked on the deadline, blah, blah, blah. You know, just made it a real sort of dramatic. We're fact checking, you know, that, that sort of thing. Keeping people hanging on. But um, when you look at the story, um, basically what it looks like is that uh, hacking was the excuse. The hacked materials policy at Twitter was the excuse that they didn't run with allowing people to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Hacking was the excuse. Um, but like it says here on Twitter, it says, um, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that it wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse the decision. So, okay, this this is the story. Um, one of the interesting exchanges in this was uh, with Congressman Ro Khanna, who chimed into this whole thing, this maelstrom, and he wrote this email out uh, to Viaha Gade. And again, I'm not sure what her position was. I'm assuming it was fairly high. But he says, this seems to be a violation of the First Amendment principles. If there is a lack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided in the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in keeping of the principles of New York Times versus Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. But the story has now become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails, and it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. It's also now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, which many of which um, would have been a mistake. So he goes on to talk about this, but so a Democratic congressman even came out and said, you know, it seems to me like uh, Biden didn't do anything wrong. His story, you know, is, is just exploded because of the censorship, etc. Um, so again, he kind of strikes me as a very uh, down-to-earth, honest 
politician, of which, you know, folks, that's a rarity these days. But I just wanted to show you that. But so the whole story basically comes down to their hacked materials policy and the way that they dealt with that um, is why it, um, it wasn't released. And I think they were having trouble trying to figure out if it was hacked or to what extent the information was hacked. And there's some article or bits in here from their, their counsel that suggested, you know, just holding the course with it. Um, Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker said this, I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked at this stage. However, it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been hacked and that caution is warranted, et cetera, et cetera. We simply need more information. But folks, the, the story itself, um, everybody's wrapped up around this whole thing about the information, uh, you know, being hacked as if the, the laptop was actually Hunter Biden's. So the assumption is that yes, it was Hunter Biden's and this information got hacked and, uh, because he brought them into this repair shop and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I would suggest to you, um, that the laptops, I mean, the story behind the whole laptop here is incredibly tenuous at best. I mean, it really is. And I'm not saying that because um, I'm on the left. Uh, I, I'm saying that because when you look at the facts, it's a legal uh, conclusion, I think, that um, legal and logical conclusion that anybody uh, would come to. And so let's go back to the source real quick. I'm going to show you the New York Post. So this article is entitled, The Night I Met Hunter Biden, Mac Shop Owner John Mac Isaac. Interesting name. Recounts fateful encounter and exclusive excerpt. So here's a picture of him. And he goes on to talk about, uh, I mean, so much drama around this. It was a Friday night. Ten minutes before the shop's closing time, I was checking out a website about CNC machines and woodworking. I had no intention of working late. I was ready to go out after a long and busy week. But then bright, cool LED headlights bounced off the counter from the front window. I leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes. You know, at this stage, I'm wondering, is this St. Nick driving up here? You know, what's, what is he? So much drama. My vision of leaving the shop quickly faded as the door chime sounded. As was usual for this time of day, I thought, what kind of person expects quality service right before closing time? I struggled not to roll my eyes when in stumbled a man clutching three MacBook Pros. He was about my height, six feet tall, but a little heavier. He wore casual clothing, dark blue and gray. Alcohol fumes preceded him. He slid the three laptops onto the bar counter as he fumbled for a seat. I'm glad you're still open, he said. I just came from the cigar bar, and they told me about your shop, but I had to hurry because you close at seven. He looked older than me, but he had a surprisingly high-pitched voice. An air of entitlement radiated off of him. Great, I thought. Another one who thinks the world revolves around them. To him, to him I said cordially, you just made it in time. I need the data recovered off of these, but they all have liquid damage and won't turn on. Well, let's get you checked in and see what's going on. One of the computers had a Bo Biden Foundation sticker covering the Apple logo, but I wasn't sure at first whom I was talking to. I opened my customer relationship management software and asked him for his first name. Hunter, he said. 
I then asked him for his last name. He paused and looked at me funny as if I were from another country and, and dare not know who he was. Ah, Biden, he responded with a sarcastic edge. I collected his phone number and email, fed them into the system. Once the paperwork was started, I paused and remembered that this guy had lost his brother Bo about two or three years earlier, and I felt a little bad for him. Maybe the Mac with the sticker belonged to this now deceased brother, and it would bring closure to have those access of those memories trapped inside. So, folks, I won't bore you with the details here, but the story goes on to talk about passwords. My password is effed up. Don't be offended, evidently, Biden said. And then he said, um, oh, my other password is something even, it was even more egregious and pornographic. Um, you know, it, it just goes on and on. But the thing about all of this that that is just driving me absolutely nuts about this is in this other article by the New York Post, it says at the very bottom, of course, at the very bottom, it says, at the time, Mac Isaac who is legally blind, told the Post that he couldn't, couldn't positively identify the person who left the laptop with him as Hunter Biden. I don't know. I know this isn't a court of law. But when you're looking at information like this, by God, it, it matters if someone like the person that was working on the laptops that took them from supposedly Hunter Biden... It matters if he could positively identify the person as Hunter Biden. He can't. He can't. And then I also submit to you this. The man owns a computer store, right? So he's technically proficient. And he's working into 7 o'clock at night. You don't know who's going to come in the store. Why in the hell? Why in the hell didn't this guy... have cameras in his shop. I mean, doesn't that sound a little bit odd for a computer guy not to have computer monitoring uh, cameras and all that kind of stuff in the shop? I mean, doesn't that sound a little bit odd? I mean, he's dealing with laptops. He's dealing with, with things that he doesn't want to get stolen, presumably. I know he's legally blind, but I mean, somebody could look at the video if something happened in the store. None of this adds up. None of it adds up. I don't even think those laptops belong to Hunter Biden, to be honest with you. And if this were to go through a court of law, they probably would have been thrown out on the curb as a bunch of stuff that's been put together by God knows who. Probably, you know, my guess here, and I don't know, the, the conservatives are going to laugh, but Russian help, obviously. So, folks, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of drama about nothing here. And the Republicans are so desperate is what it comes down to. They've got so much bad press out there with Donald Trump right now that they're so desperate for a story that it doesn't matter that the shop owner was legally blind and could not positively identify Hunter Biden. I mean, none of that seems to matter to them. And this is something that they're going to investigate, right? This is something that's going to be a big deal they're not going to work on anything for Americans uh, that's relevant and uh, kitchen table issues. None of that's going to matter until we solve this laptop issue. You know, this this is worth an investigation. Till next time, folks. We'll look for you then. And if you enjoy the content, by all means, don't forget to click subscribe.